Broncos Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Mike, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley. This is my lovely other host, Michael Duncan. How are we? I'm great. Great. New location this time. I feel like you're me that time that I went through like a million construction projects and was in like a different location every week. Yeah, I am uh, not in my house currently. <laughs> I'm in uh, a family home. That is makes me least... sound like rich and I have multiple homes. I'm staying yeah. at my cousin's house. So that's where I am. Yeah, makes sense. Is it at least cool there that it's not that it's not boiling hot like your attic was? Yes, very much so. Good. Good. Well, today we're going to jump into it with uh, some news because there was some pretty big news in the last week. I know we were we are going to finish up Q&As as the majority of our event today, but lots and lots of news. So we'll jump into it. We unfortunately had two Ravens, one current, one former pass away, former Ravens defensive lineman and sideline, sideline analyst. Tony Sigurusa passed away and current Sigurusa. Sorry, I knew I was saying that wrong. The goose. And current Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson died at age 26. Neither have official causes of death. Um, so we're not going to speculate on any of that. My heart goes out to their families and to all of the Ravens fans because I know that's a, a big load to carry on one day. Yeah. It's um, a- yeah. There is a couple of like lawsuit and legal things going on in the NFL right now. The NFL is bringing Brian Flores's lawsuit to arbitration, which means they're like basically trying to settle and like mediate a settlement. Um, it shouldn't be for a while that that comes to a, a conclusion, but that was announced today. Deshaun Watson settled 20 of 24 of his civil suits uh, with the women who were alleging sexual assault against him. Um, he claims it's not him being guilty. It's him wanting to get on with his life. The women seem uh, the women spoke through their attorney. A lot of them shared the attorney. He seemed very pleased with the settlements. The numbers will not be disclosed ever. And then the NFL does say that they're looking into a very, very lengthy suspension for Deshaun Watson. What that means, who knows? I'm not going to get my hopes up because usually the NFL doesn't punish players as well as they should. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, if it's going to be lengthy, it's going to set a new precedent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm really intrigued by um, because the precedent so far for this type of thing has been around six games. Mm-hmm. And I mean, personally, that's what I've kind of been expecting it to be again, just because of precedent and because of kind of the, I mean, it's not a gray area of what he did, but it's a gray area of what the NFL thinks they're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It should be interesting. I know that they have um, on their top, you know, like legal team that look at a lot of this stuff. I mean, Loretta Lynch was the former U.S. attorney who helped defend them against Brian Flores. They have a lot of really high up judges that used to work for the U.S. government that now work for the NFL. So it should be interesting. Another legal news is that Roger Goodell testified before Congress today in front of the U.S. Oversight Committee. They've been doing an investigation into the Washington commander's workplace culture and misconduct and uh, allegations. That's been their investigation so far. Did you see any of the clips from today? The clips? Yeah. Like it, you can like, oh, you of can, him like live stream. Yeah. No. 
Oh my God. No, they I, at one point, they at one point asked him about Deflategate and about Tom Brady. And were like the the congressman was getting mad about it and about all of Tom Brady's nicknames, like the real slim Brady. I've never even heard anyone say that. Um, and then at one point the guy was like, You believe in like you know, the First Amendment, freedom to assemble, freedom to speak, whatever. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so why is Dave Portnoy not allowed to NFL games? And he's like, I don't know who that is. It's just like a co- his his entire thing was like a comedy show. He had like a six page remark opening statement. And after that, everything went well. a lot of thoughts. But this is not a political podcast. So no. I'm just going to move past it. Okay, we can move um, past it. <laughs> now I'm going to need to find that clip tonight you and should. watch it and feel some sort of way. Yeah, um, we have three pretty, I mean, they're pretty big, but we'll go through them very quickly. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed his deal with Amazon for Thursday Night Football. I believe uh, what it might, the first report was something about like the pre-show, but I believe he's going to be involved in some He'll sort of- He'll be involved in all, all three. Okay, that like, was, I was going to say, I feel like I only saw pre-show, but I figured it was more than that. Perfect. Um, Jalen Ramsey had shoulder surgery and is expected to be ready for the 2021 season. And Rob Gronkowski officially announced his retirement. Until Tom Brady calls him like two weeks before the playoffs start. Yeah, exactly. Well, that somebody had like an official source was like, you know, there's a good chance he comes back if Brady ever like really needs him. But for now, he is retired again. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Yeah, He's probably the greatest tight end that's ever lived, so. And he's paid his dues to, to oh, the NFL. So I hope he enjoys retirement with his he will. gorgeous girlfriend and he will lots enjoy of beers. <laughs> he will lots enjoy of it. beers. Anyway, we have the last of our Q&A questions. There's a pretty good amount of them. We kind of sorted them. We're not, we're not going to spin the wheel this week. We're going to sort them kind of in a way that makes sense. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy. There's a couple questions about NFL schemes, a couple about you know our favorite leagues, our favorite settings. So why don't you lead us off with our first question? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, number one, uh, what league have you been in the longest or have some of the richest traditions? Yeah, so my longest league is my family league. I started, did not start playing fantasy as early as, you know, a lot of fantasy analysts and everything have. I think I really only started playing fantasy pretty heavy like five years ago, but that's my family league. It's always a disaster. Half of the people know what they're doing. Half of the people don't. Um, so ADP is literally everywhere and makes no sense, but it's a lot of fun. We, um, have some good traditions. We don't, we, it's, and all of us live across the country. So we do it on zoom, which is like pretty interesting. It's always fun to like sit there on zoom because you know, we have, I live in Massachusetts. My family lives in New York or in, you know, down South. So we're all pretty spread out. Yeah. For me, it's also my home league. Um, it's actually the commissioner is whose house I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, he normally keeps no he doesn't have it so this is his office but he a lot of time he has the the board from previous live drafts just sitting around for whatever reason because he reuses a lot of the sticky notes um but uh my favorite thing about that is we do our live draft at my uncle's brewery um we go there on a day that they are not open and we get unlimited beer and mm. that's really all I need for rich tradition. Lucky you. So, that's like really lucky. I I enjoy it. All right. This one that came from Travis at Travis NFL draft on Twitter. This one comes from the Cole Granger. Do you prefer trash talk, trash talking during or after the draft? It's during. 
during definitely 100%. during especially 100%. because i'm drinking yep and what about in like your leagues like you know like you and i share a league we'll trash talk each other where we don't share a team we're in the same you know dynasty league those type of leagues do you think during after and sleeper chat stuff like that i mean in dynasty leagues i mean it's hard to not be after um because you know like you don't really you're not really trash talking during a rookie draft um, but like home redraft leagues, like it's, it's during the draft, everyone's together in one place. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can, you can multitask, you can trash talk to everyone at one time. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I think that's the goal really. Yeah. My favorite in home leagues when you do them all in person is being able to like try and drop clues and then that you're going one way, you don't go the other, you're trash talking everyone the entire time. Last drafts are a lot of fun. They are really fun. I agree. I, yeah, we haven't, I haven't, it's been a couple of years because of COVID, but I'm excited to get back. I know, I know we finally have them back and we, our Q and A comes from, you know, we, we set this up because of Scott Fishbowl and Scott Fishbowl for the first time ever is having live draft in select cities, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, should be a lot of fun. Yes. So this next question, we are going to start getting into, you know, the, the fantasy questions of them all. Who is a player going in the first round who you won't be targeting? We can kind of go any direction. They say redraft, best ball, dynasty, et cetera. Oh, Lord. Um, Why don't we stick with the redraft for this one? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if he's go. I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer, but any quarterback. Mm -hmm. um i feel like josh allen will probably i don't know if his adp is currently in the first round um but he's more than likely going to be the first quarterback off the board in a lot of home leagues and i just don't want any part of a quarterback in the first round um so bit of a cop out but yeah i had that argument in the car on the way home from the red sox game the other day about you know you could you're reaching so high in redraft for quarterbacks like josh allen or justin herbert where you could just be you know, going a little bit later and still getting a decent bang for your buck for these quarterbacks that go a couple rounds later. Mine probably, I don't know. I don't think I'm willing to pay the price for the the top running backs like a Jonathan Taylor or, you know, a Joe Mixon. I they, I don't know where they would be going. Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon are two very different players. No, but I'm saying like a lot of, like those in between those so there that's like the one through ten running backs uh, is gotcha. between jonathan taylor and joe mixon those are one through ten right now on sleepers adp i don't think i'd be going really for any of them i and i'm not like a zero rb person but i just don't really like paying the price for some of these guys who a lot of them have a decent injury history and it's just way too price of uh, high of a price for me to pay at this point either way um, I will answer the next one. Oh, that came from at will Willie underscore I underscore am five Oh five. Um, for the next question comes from Dan zero eight Calcheck, who says, would you rather draft at their current ADP in full PPR redraft league? Jamar chase, who's wide receiver three at an ADP of 1.11 or T Higgins wide receiver 12 ADP 3.9. Am I crazy for passing on Chase and taking Higgins? Absolutely not. Um, I genuinely think T. Higgins is going to do really good this year. I think Ch Jamar Chase might even take a little bit of a step back. And I think that's kind of just the way it goes for people who have that huge burst in the first year. I mean, besides like Justin Jefferson. But either way, I think if you're going for one of them, I would definitely go for T. Higgins. You can get, you know, better, I'm not saying better guys, but you could get more 
in those first few round picks and then get Higgins later on and still get decent fantasy production from him. Yeah, I think a large part of it for me is really just the fact that what you're giving up to get Jamar Chase is going to be a really, really, really good running back when what you're giving up to get T. Higgins is nowhere near the same. And I think they're going to end up being a lot closer in value Mm -hmm. than they're currently being drafted. So I I agree with you 100%. And no, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think that's the exact type of edge that you want to look for in redraft. Like, I think that's the exact way you should be thinking about it. Yeah. And I think it's not even just that team. There are a couple teams where these, you know, you have one super standout receiver who's going to be a little bit closer to their wide receiver too. Um, I think that's just smart fantasy play to weigh your options on, you know, who you can get by just taking that wide receiver two on the team that you're looking at. Um, The next question, I like this for you because I'm not like a huge trade person, but when evaluating a trade offer, do you consider projected points, positional youth, draft capital, or anything else? It's, It's about Dynasty, and this comes from Dynasty Trade U. That is a very fitting name for this question. I know. Um yeah, I mean, I, but, uh, hmm. projected points I don't really consider because, sorry, <laughs> if you hear chaos happening, that would be my dog who I have in this room. Um, yes, Downey is joining us. Hi, Downey, and creating chaos as usual. Um, yeah, I, projected points, like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's so random to begin with that, like, you're st- it's still just a projection. Uh, for me, the bigger parts of it are really like, yeah, I'm thinking about youth. I'm considering draft capital, meaning where they were drafted in the NFL. But really, the things that I weigh the most are like positional value. Um, like I'm thinking about, okay, you know, am I get if I'm getting a running back in return, am I getting one of those top tier running backs like a Jonathan Taylor that in Dynasty I think should be worth its his weight in gold? Um, or, you know, one of the top wide receivers like a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, the shelf life of those guys should really be just incredible. Um, it should be, you know, 10 plus years of domination. So those are definitely a lot of the things that I think about. Uh, but more so, I look at my team needs and I look at what holes do I have before and what holes will I have after said trade. I think that's kind of where I start. Yeah. Of the time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think really... For me, I, I'm not even going to add on it because I think you said it perfectly. I think that's the best way to say it. And that comes from Dynasty Trade perfect. U. I know. Um, this year so far, are there any stacks that you have been eyeing? I know you and I have talked about stacks before on this podcast and how they work really well for best ball. I'm not sure if you've played best ball yet this year, but has, is there any that stand out to you at this point that you're looking for specifically in redraft or in best ball? Um, I haven't done a ton uh, of best ball, um, but off the top of my head, I think one that is really interesting. Um, I'll, I'll give two. I think Josh Allen and Gabe Davis is interesting because I think you can get Gabe Davis really late. And especially in best ball, I think he's going to have weeks that he blows up because that's kind of the player that I think he is right now, not yeah. being the number one option in the offense. Um, he's a good value and like that's just that's a stack I would really want a part of because I think them alone can win you a week sometimes. Um, and another one I it, I think is honestly it's Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is going after AJ Brown in drafts, and I'm not, you know, AJ Brown is the better player right now, of course, but I'm not an 
100% convinced that he's going to so far outperform Devonta Smith this year. So yeah. I think you can get a really good value on Devonta Smith. And we've already talked about what we think about Jalen Hurts for fantasy this year. Um, so particularly for best ball, I think that's really interesting in an offense where it's going to be inconsistent week to week. Yeah, I really do like the the Chargers stacks like a Justin Herbert and either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. I mean, that's a stack that you would have to pay a pretty heavy price for. Um, if not stacks, you know, like having Matthew Stafford and I even think Allen Robinson, I'm not, I, I don't even know where I'm at with Allen Robinson yet, but a, a stack like Stafford and Robinson. So really for me, I'm looking at a lot in, in LA this year in both LA teams, I think have decent upside for stacks there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good way of looking at it. They're going to be two of the better offenses, two yeah. of the better quarterbacks, like that's a really good way to approach stacks in general. So, yep. And I think something like the, the Ram stack is something, a stack that you can get for a little bit cheaper. You're not paying a quarterback four price and a wide receiver 12, 13, 14 price for one of those guys where you're getting Matthew Stafford at quarterback 10, 11, and Allen Robinson as far as wide receiver, you know, 25, 26. If you don't want to pay for Cooper Cup, you'd have to pick up pretty early. Awesome. And that, one, that one comes from at the Don eight, six, four. And our next question is who are your favorite value wide receivers, guys who will fill your, fill your wide receiver to flex or bench, but you really like their upside at their current ADP. Yeah. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind, and I think this is just because I can't really get myself off of him so mm -hmm. much is uh, DJ Moore. Um, you sold me on him this year. I just, I like him. I like him so much. And it sucks mainly because it's just like, he, his quarterback still sucks. I know. And that hurts. Um, but at the same time, I just, I, he's a really talented player. And I think the discount you can get him at is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's just a really nice thing to have. Um, also, Cortland Sutton, because I don't think, He's being, I think he's being drafted as a wide receiver too. And I think that he yeah. has easy wide receiver one upside. So, yeah, I think uh, another one that's going wide receiver two, possibly three. I really like Rashad Bateman in redraft. I mean, in every format, but he would be there in redraft for that spot. Um, guys like you, you mentioned Gabe Davis. He's another one. He's going a lot earlier this year because of the hype around him. But I think those are two guys that I really like to be, you know, fillers who have a decent ADP who I think have pretty high upside this year. And that one came from long fell like F E L L. And instead of an O you get a zero. So long, long fellow, zero long fellow, but with a zero. Thank you. Um, zero. Yes. And this, this one's interesting because we still have a lot hanging over his head right now, but what's a realistic ADP for Alvin Kamara. And what do you think his, running back rank at the end of the season will be this also comes from long fellow as well long fellow long fellow um but you know if in case you don't remember alvin Kamara still has an assault with physical injury charge or whatever the official name of it is still not in trial i believe it got pushed back again but there's allegedly video evidence of it and it's like a pretty hefty charge that still hanging over his head so what do you think about that yeah i mean i'm I'm historically out on Alvin Kamara. Obviously, mm -hmm. I've been wrong about a thousand times, but he's just not the kind of guy that I like to hitch my wagon to because he's all about 
um, what's the word? Efficiency. He's mm-hmm. just super efficient with every single one of his touches. He's never had a thousand yard rushing rushing season. Yeah. Um, and Drew Brees peppered him with targets. Um, obviously he was fine last year. Um, but I really, I, I don't feel good about it. I mean, they're going to have better receivers than they had last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, just adding Michael Thomas back is something, but you also have first round pick Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. Chris Landry. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think his ADP will probably be in like the early second round. I think this will be the first time in a while that he probably doesn't go in the first round, but he's still not someone that's really interesting to me because I just think his floor is so low compared to what we're used to. And I don't know if his ceiling is truly as high as it's been most of his career. So he's a guy that probably at ADP, I will never find myself taking to be honest. Yeah. And he's, I mean, I hate to say, it, but he's getting a little bit older too. He's 26 yep. now. His his you know volume might decrease a little bit on a team like the Saints, who are clearly trying to add weapons to that offense and versatile weapons at that. It's not just you know these guys have a lot to do. And I'm kind of out on. I liked Kamara like last year, the year before, but other than that, I I'm not really especially with the whole lawsuit possible suspension thing hanging over his head. Even if it's not going to be done right away, it's possible that it all comes to a conclusion in October, November, when you would need him most. And I'm too afraid to take that risk and pay that higher price to take on that huge risk. Yeah, if he gets a six-game suspension, he wouldn't be getting drafted in the second round of a fantasy draft. So Nope. And the only reason he is is because... It's not concluded yet. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I'm pretty sure it got pushed back into like late it fall, did. right? Yeah. Late fall. So that puts you not having your running back who you're drafting in the second round in playoffs in very important weeks at the end of the year. I'm out on that. I don't. I that's a liability. Uh, to take August on August first. So oh, it'll be right before draft season. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, that's a little bit better. At least we'll have a conclusion for you. Sure. Um, All right, so this is an either-or question. I know we get into a couple of them here a little bit, but you're up first in a redraft league, possibly even Scott Fishbowl. Who are you picking first, Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor? I don't know. I know. (laughs) I wish I could give an answer, but I don't know. Yeah. I I truly, I don't. It's probably Jonathan Taylor right now, but I could wake up tomorrow and think it's Christian McCaffrey. I it's hard enough to make that decision in general, but to make it in June mm-hmm. is just like painful. Yeah. I Christian McCaffrey scares me. I've, I've had him on like one roster and I can't, but he's just so good. <laughs> he's so good. That's the question we had the other day that if you could look into one thing in the future, it would be, you said it would be how many games does he play? Because that would yep. determine if you take him or not. Yep. Um, if you, if you held, if you forced me to make a pick right now, it'd probably be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the crazy part is Jonathan Taylor is great, but if yeah. Christian McCaffrey plays 16 games, it's him. And there's, it, it's just, it's no, no question one. or 17 yeah. games, eh, even 16 games. Even 16 it's games. just no question. Like Jonathan Taylor is great. Christian McCaffrey is that good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that one comes from prior Matthew on Twitter. This one's kind of just a funny one. We've talked about 23 first round picks forever. Now, would you give up your firstborn for 2023? first round pick or just say f them picks uh in this particular scenario i'm going to say f them picks um i don't have a first (laughs) but but i'm not trying to trade future draft capital for 2023 picks and by draft capital i mean 
born children. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to go with F Dem picks, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going like crazy out of my way to acquire 23 picks, but a lot of them have like slowly found their way to me just by bigger trades that I've done. And that I'm, that I'm good with. I'm as of right now, I'm kind of just in the middle, which is not a fun answer. And that one comes from Sumio. Cause it's not sumo. Cause there's an I in there. Sumio wrestler. That is how English works. Yeah. Sumio. Um, we're going to go to Cowboys here with Gallup likely to Great. miss the first four to six games. Do you prefer Pollard who has potential wide receiver reps, Washington or Tolbert as a late round flyer? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it, it's Tony Pollard. I don't even care about yeah. the potential wide receiver reps. I don't think he's going to get them any more than he would normally get. Um, I just think that he's of the three. I think yeah. he's probably the best football player right now. Uh, Tolbert might be good as the year goes on, but like yeah. rookies don't tend, especially like non first round rookies don't tend to make that much of an impact early on in the season. It's more of, you know, the end of the season where they make an impact. So for me, it's pretty easily Pollard because I think he's going to, I know what his role is going to be. Yeah. And I like his role. Yep. And I just go, I like will grab Pollard whenever I can, wherever I can. Well, so I lost Ash. Oh, there you are. Oh, I didn't even know I froze. You didn't freeze for me. I just said I'd grab I grab Pollard wherever I can, whenever I can. Um, I will. He finds his way on all my rosters. So uh, for me, it's 100% Pollard. And that one came again from Travis NFL Draft. The next couple of questions we're going to get into talking about veterans and, and situations for guys that maybe switch teams or age questions. Uh, and the first one comes mm. how motivated are you to sell off Mixon, Eckler, Henry, Chubb in the fear of the age production drop-off? And can you prioritize your fear? Um, all right. So assuming that this is a dynasty question. Yeah. Prioritize them. I would say I'm most afraid of Chubb, Henry, Mixon, Eckler. Yep. I think, I think is Eckler's where I'm at with it. On my list. Um, I think Eckler, Eckler, I like the most out of them because he's the only one of them that has a very clear and very consistent pass catching role. So that in itself, I think is just going to help him age better and it's going to give him work even as he gets older. Um, Mixon is on a good contract uh, for a couple years. They have a really young core and you kind of know exactly what that offense is going to be for a while. So mm -hmm. I think I'm not worried about what his timeline is going to be. I think he will hit a cliff, but yeah. I think it's much more easily predictable than the rest of them. Uh, Derek Henry, he just gets so many touches. He's also kind of like a demigod. So kind of torn on that one yeah. um but like he already is breaking down a little bit but maybe it's nothing yeah. but maybe it isn't so mm -hmm. and chubb just scares me because he doesn't catch passes and who knows what's going on with the yeah. browns and i'm i'm j i don't know I've, I've never been as in on chubb as i think the adp has him yeah i pretty much agree with that i think i would question Henry versus Chubb there a little bit. Um, but I think if I had to make the tiebreaker would come down to situation, I put Chubb over Henry like you did. Henry is starting to worry me, but again, his one injury, it was a, it was a pretty bad injury, but it could have just been a one-off for him right now. But I think we're, we're sneakily making that way, our way to that RB cliff for Henry and for 
a bell cow running back who's getting so many touches, it can come a lot quicker. So he's definitely one I'm keeping my eye on. And that question was from JPD95324. Um, and then this is another RB question. I mean, it kind of answers the one we just did, but who do you think in the league right now is the next running back to hit that girly type bell cliff? Um, that's tough. I'm looking at a list right now. If it's not any of the guys that we just talked about, mm-hmm. I kind of think it's, I don't know. I might say Alvin Kamara. I don't yeah. think that's popular, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if in like a year or two, he has basically no value. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's always dealt with injuries. He's always felt to me like he's on the verge of breaking down because he's not 100%. large. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, that's kind yeah. of my thought. And I think the situation doesn't help either. You don't yeah. have a solid quarterback. I mean, I love Jameis to death, but you don't have a solid quarterback right now. That offense is still trying to find itself. New coaches, new everything. I, it's, I think he's, I would completely agree with you there. Um, and that one comes from Chris MCC. Another vet question though. Are there particular vet slash underappreciated assets that you're targeting? Not high upside guys per se, but RB2 or wide receiver two, three targets who will outperform their ADP and help solidify your roster and give you floors to chase upside with other picks. Um, I think an easy one for me is David Montgomery. Yes. Um, I think he's just slept on every single year and I think he produces at a really solid level every single year. Um, so he's a really easy one for me. Uh, outside of him, I mean, running back isn't normally where I want to go with like cheap options. Like I, I prefer doing that at wide receiver just because yeah. it's more likely to work. Uh, so another interesting one to me is actually Robert Woods. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to be the wide receiver one in Tennessee. I'm pretty sure until Traylon Burks, you know, kind of takes over that role, but He's experienced. He's a good player. We know he's a good player. Um, So I think he could give us more upside than uh, he's probably currently sort of predicted to. Yeah. I'm looking at ADP. Like if we're looking, I I really do love Robert Woods. He's surrounded by some good guys too. And that if you're looking for like the question says good, a good floor to chase upside with. I think that's the perfect description of it. A lot of the guys that he's surrounded by are guys you're looking for upside with, um, which isn't bad. I mean, Tyler Boyd's around that area. I don't hate that um, because he has a a decent floor and I still think he has fairly decent upside, um, even though that, you know, the receiver room's fairly crowded. Yeah. I think you have a good answer. We'll stick with that. Um, But Let's see. That question came from Mr. Self Seth Melton. Interesting. Um, how are you addressing these? We'll go with just the the couple that they named. These are vets that are in new situations, new schemes, new everything. Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. How are you addressing them right now in fantasy? Oh, I lost Duncan. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. All right, so we have... Alan Sorry, Robinson. I'm here. No, you're good. My dog you're is I didn't know being a menace. Um, Love Downey. Yeah, how am I addressing them? I mean, I think Tyreek Hill and Devonta Adams are the big ones that are, I think, yep. the toughest, just because they're perennial top three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. There's other guys I'm not as concerned about. Like, I think I'm basically just drafting them at ADP if I want to. 
Um, I have Alan a second Robinson dog Woods. in here that is shaking off rain on my legs, oh, good. Um, which is good. Um, yeah, Robert Woods and Alan Robinson, I think mm -hmm. if I can get them at a good price at ADP, I think that they have a solid upside mm -hmm. and a predictable floor in yeah. good offenses. So... I think yeah, that helps too. Good offenses yeah. is the key there because if you had a, an okay floor on a bad offense, that floor might not be good enough. Having a good offense and a decent floor means at least decent production for those guys. But it's funny you mentioned it being tricky with Tyreek Hill. If you want to look forward to, we have the, the next question. I guess we can rope in with this one is, do you think Tyreek Hill is a top 10 wide receiver? This person, Brennan White 93 says he's skeptical and kind of avoiding him because you know, it's too many times that a great player gets traded down to a less legitimate system. He's 30. Maybe he's getting slower. Science would say he's getting slower. He now has two as his quarterback. You know, how are we viewing Tyreek Hill? Do you think he's a top 10 wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, I think he is. But I, I just based yeah. on his talent and the talent that I think the offense as a whole, the offensive play caller has and what they're going to do to get him the ball. But I don't think he's what we're used to. Yeah. Um, I think he's on the back end of the top 10. Mm -hmm. But he has a weekly upside to win you a week in a way that very few other players do. Yeah. And that alone can make him a top 10 wide receiver. Like he, he can be a top 10 wide receiver on the back of four games. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. So am I going to want to roster him? Probably not, but is yeah. he a top 10 receiver? Probably. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great way to put it. Like the question before from Doombot 12 underscore FF, you know, I think, out of those four that you name, he's probably the one I'm avoiding the most. Even Devontae Adams, I really, I see a lot of upside still with him, even while aging. I just really like Derek Carr as a quarterback. I think it works better for him. I think Derek Carr is a little bit more skilled than Tua is. I think Tyreek Hill out of those four is probably the one I'm ranking or worried about as a vet in an older, in a new situation. So pretty interesting. I mean, that, that's a lot of them too. It's a yeah. decent amount of older vets in, in new situations. I didn't think about that until it was there. It's been a um, wild off season. Yeah. Well, of, of the veterans, um, not even just those, Doombot12 also asks, are there any moves that you see as obvious trade targets out of the veterans that we have in the NFL right now? I, I hate questions about obvious trade targets because, I like, I understand it. I understand the thought. I want it too. I would love yeah. obvious trade targets. But if yeah. it's an obvious trade target, then you're probably not going to be able to pay the amount of capital for him that it's yeah. worth to get him. You know what I mean? Um, guys I'm intrigued by though, like I, I think I'm trying I'm starting to buy into the idea of trading really low on guys like Allen Robinson, mm -hmm. yeah. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, even. Like I would throw garbage at a wall for some Let's of these players because in a dynasty league, like if, if you can get one of them to hit mm -hmm. and you know, you traded a fourth round pick for him, like great. And there's a lot of people out there that would love to get a fourth round pick for a guy that they just think is basically done. And he very well might be, Yeah, but like I would trade for Kenny Galladay. Uh, that's yes. another name. Like, like the Evan Ingram, um, mm -hmm. any giant really is basically how I feel. Um, they're all garbage. So yeah, like it is what and it you is. can get them for dirt cheap. Exactly. Rightfully so. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that's the way that I would approach it when I'm looking at like obvious trade targets. Um, yeah. The kind that you don't have to pay up, pay up for like the, the kind that I think by week two, you could already see a return on value. Yeah. That's why I, um, 
in that dynasty league and Jax's podcast league that we're in. I have, I believe that's the one I have Alan Robinson in and I get offers or had gotten offers at the end of last season because he sucked. He way underperformed his ADP last year. I mean, he was abysmal in the offense, but now that he's in a new situation, people are still a little bit scarred by what happened last year. Um, but I am holding on to him. So you can try, but you will not get him. Um, our own Kyle decides to ask CJ Uzama or Tyler Conklin. These are a yeah, couple either be- questions. It's because he wants me to say not Tyler Conklin, but I'm going to say Tyler Conklin because screw you, Kyle. <laughs> I like, I would say Uzama. Um, who is this year's Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel that you think is a league winner at wide receiver? It's always that. If question. I knew, I would have a ton of money. It's always that question. Um, I don't even know. Uh, DJ Moore? No, probably not. I want him to be desperately. Um, I don't know. I'm looking here. I mean, like a. Devonta Smith, like I, I think he <laughs> fits that. No, but like I think he fits that profile of yeah going in those middle rounds. He's very talented, mm-hmm. and if if the team takes a step forward that you want them to take, like I think that's it. Also, Dan pointed out another guy that I really like and completely forgot existed, which is Michael Pittman, who I think is a really yeah. good answer as well. Um, what do you think about Brandon Cooks? I think he's always going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be like a Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel type, but I just, his name popped up and I wanted to ask you. No, I mean, I think that he's a great value every single year. He's had one year that he's not top 12 and some crap happened. I forget which year it was, but every other year, I believe he's been a top 12 wide receiver or he's reached a thousand yards. I forget the exact stat. I should have put me on the spot, (laughs) but um, no, Brandon Cooks is always a good value. I will happily always draft him at ADP. Um, actually, he he can go for all of the questions that we've asked. Yeah, the floor questions. With, yeah, yeah, they're all all the answers are Brandon Cooks. So yeah, yeah, works. And that one came from V Pru P R U Patel. Um, I did we answer this one? No, no, we did not. Okay, because I remember we talked a little bit about it maybe beforehand. Um, which timeshare do you think is going to drive people crazier in 2022, Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson? <sighs> Um, I think it's I'll say Antonio Gibson a hundred percent. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, I think that's the very unpopular answer. I um, think so I too. But, say it, but yeah, I thought it would be the unpopular answer. Um I'm one hundred percent I'm more I think people are more prepared for Javante to have yeah. a backseat role. Antonio Gibson's not supposed to have a backseat role, and every time it comes to the end zone, he has a backseat role. And I think that just drives people insane and it drives me insane. I think that 100% is, I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's the answer. Not to mention one of them will be a much better offense than the other one. Yeah, exactly. That helps. I'm glad we're in agreement. That one came from Hanson Treats with a Z. Um, Another either or question. I know my answer, but Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson as your wide receiver one in Dynasty. Uh, I read this question like last week and I've been Mm -hmm. trying to think of an answer. Um, I don't know. 
I I'll change my mind definitely. literally every second. Of I know. Every day. I I will definitely change my mind, but I think the last couple of weeks I've been just in Jefferson. I think it's just more spread out. His numbers are more spread out. They're not required of this like these huge long receptions the way Jamar Chase's has been. Um, I think Jamar. I already said I think Jamar Chase is going to have a little bit of a regression. Do I think he can come back from that? Yes, a hundred percent. But as in overall, I think the longevity and just the way his route tree is at Justin Jefferson for me. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd probably say Justin Jefferson. But the one thing that makes me really want to go Jamar Chase is Joe Burrow versus Kirk yeah. Cousins and the long-term yeah, exactly. viability. The, so, yeah. but, but, I mean, who knows what the Vikings will end up doing. I mean, how much longer is they going to have Kirk Cousins? I mean, that's a – I could do an entire podcast about that. Um, anyway, that one came from Brent Gromaski on Twitter. Um, this one's tough for me. I don't really think I have an answer yet, but I'm sure you do. You did all your, you know, NFL draft stuff. Which rookie wide receiver do you think has the biggest impact in fantasy in year one? I mean, I think the really easy answer is Traylon Burks. Yeah. Um, like the only thing they have is Robert Woods coming off an injury. So I, yeah, I, it's really hard to not feel like that's the correct answer. Honestly, he keeps falling to the back of my mind. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that's probably my answer. I I don't know if it's that way long term. Probably won't be. But I think that's my answer short term. Yeah. And because he's like, it's easy to bet on him because he's like a straight carbon copy of AJ Brown. If the Falcons weren't like terrible, I would say Drake London. And it's very well might be Drake London. I think they're they're one and two, though, is Traylon Burks and Drake London. Mm -hmm. Did you see the thing about desmond ritter like making it yeah he's gonna be uh, competition mm-hmm. yeah Interesting. like i said if they weren't terrible yeah um and that one comes from aiden underscore brink this is you know very similar to the question i asked you about brandon cooks but how are you treating will fuller we've had so many discussions about like will brandon fuller. cooks well i mean it's like a, the same exact question because i said what do you think about brandon cooks and now i'm just saying i think you- that will fuller is not on a team yeah <laughs> So I'm just, I think that, that I think that means a lot. So I'm just not yeah. going to think about him until he gets yeah. signed. And that's the only thing I have to say. Yeah. So I spent a decent amount of draft capital last year. I mean, it wasn't like high up. It was more towards the ends of drafts that I was like, you know, he's going to be good. And I, I really don't want to fall into that trap again with him. So I'm out on that. That one comes from Pete E. Sunshine. Um, you and I. Great on Gabe Davis for our dynasty startup. This question is why is Gabe Davis not getting the hype he deserves? I mean, everyone's pretty, it's a pretty polarizing subject right now is Gabe Davis. And if you're on the side of, you know, you're on Gabe Davis, why do you think he, why would you argue for him and say he's not getting the hype he deserves? I think he is getting the hype he deserves. I agree. He's he's probably getting more more than the hype he deserves. Um, The fact of the matter is, and I, I like Gabe Davis, I'm in on him, but the concerns are very real and they make a lot of sense. Like he didn't beat out a broken down Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Um, Like there's so many people on that performed in, you know, bursts, but not consistently. Um, He doesn't have draft capital. Like I I think he's getting more hype than he probably deserves. I think it's, I think the one thing that I can say about him in almost uncertainty is that he is, not being undervalued right now in terms of hype. Yep. I agree. It's 
it's just so polarizing. It's either you think he's going to be like the wide receiver one or you're completely out and think he's going to be absolutely abysmal on the offense. It's Twitter is very divisive on Gabe Davis. And that one comes from Diego isn't funny on Twitter. I like that username. Um, We already talked about Antonio Gibson a little bit, but they're asking, you know, what are your, what are you doing with Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers this year? Both have, you know, unique off season drama. One has a very busy backfield. One is coming off an Achilles tear. There's actually some news about Cam Akers that he's fully back to 100%. It's training camp. Don't believe any positive. I I don't believe that, but we'll see. Maybe he is, but like a training camp story isn't going to actually convince me of that. So no, no. Um, Yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm pretty much staying away from both of them. I mean, if I can get Cam Akers at a good price, I don't hate it, but which I think you could. I just, I, I told you I'm terrified of Antonio Gibson and his share, his split backfield. I'm all out on that. Yeah. I mean, if Cam Akers is the workhorse, he's going to be an RB1, but yeah. that's healthy. And if he looks healthy and yeah. if they trust him to be that, um, I don't think I'm going to draft either of them. I yeah. think like, probably more likely to draft cam makers based on ADP, but we'll see where that lands after an off season of bike pieces on him. So, yeah, I don't feel Would worried you... about that. No, and I just, I know he was coming off an Achilles stare, but just watching cam Akers in the postseason, I, some of it did, it, there were issues I saw that weren't Achilles related issues. It was ball security issues and yeah i mean he was coming back from his achilles tear but there are just issues there that are really hard to overlook and just chalk up to the achilles injury so that's why i'm i'm weary he doesn't there there are other issues there that need to be addressed agreed Um, do you want to answer jake's question at 26 Uh, i honestly don't follow um yeah who so at trombone jake 84 avid listener of the podcast uh he asked what is who is the best punter in the league right now um i think i really like the punter for the um uh for the lions i'm trying to remember his name i think he's a really good punter um hold on let me see if i can find his name because jack fox no maybe yeah yeah yeah. Is that him? Oh yeah, Jack yeah. Fox. Yeah, yeah, I like Jack Fox. I think he's very good. Um, other than him, I mean, probably like Johnny Hecker. Michael Dixon from the Seahawks is good. That's all I got. Not the Eagles punter. That's what I know for sure. That's what I'm Not positive. Not the punter either. So Aaron Sipos. Not Aaron We're good on that. Thank you very much, Jake. I can't contribute to that question very much. Um, all right. We, we talked about this a little bit last week with the recent investments in the Browns made in David Njoku. Where do you have him ranked? Uh, this guy says, I saw him as a massive value after last season, basically free on waivers. Then he was franchise tagged, but still a good value. And then came the extension. Is he a value or do you think he's being overdraft? Um, to be honest, I don't know where he's being drafted. So that does change this at least a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep being intrigued by him, but if like, push comes to shove, he hasn't done anything in the NFL to warrant any notable capital for me to invest in him in a, in a redraft league. Like, if he's a flyer in, like, the last couple rounds, sure. But yeah. if he's, like, going in, like, the middle rounds, like, no. I'd much yeah. rather take Irv Smith for free at the end of the draft. I'd much rather yeah. take Gerald Everett for free at the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got the athleticism. Yeah, they paid him. That is not... 
it has not added up to anything up until now. So I don't know why we should expect it to add up to something now, especially with everything going on with the quarterback position. So that's my answer. I said it last week. Like I would be definitely in on him if I had a whole guarantee that there's, I hate like sounding like I'm praising the guy, but if, if he had a decent quarterback, if he had Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, I think I'd be a lot more in than I am right now. I am not using any of my draft capital on an offense that, and an organization that kind of has no idea what it's doing. If you're, you get a couple of the key pieces from the Browns, that makes sense. But having these guys that they're, you know, their amount that they're going to be seen and used in an offense up in the air. I don't think I want to take that chance unless I have a guarantee that he has a decent quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And that one came from solid underscore Chad. We'll move next to Kansas city and B Schwartz three one nine asks who is the wide receiver one in Kansas city, Juju MVS Hardman, Moore, Gordon or Ross. There's a lot of names there. I appreciate them putting Justin Ross's name on there. Yeah. I think if it's Justin Ross, I'll be really happy. I just think that's incredible. I I love Justin Ross. uh, So that would make me very happy. Um, But I think the answer is one of the first two. I think it's Juju or, um mvs they paid mvs a lot of money a lot like in real like he got a better contract than juju and juju has been much more proved than him Uh, obviously the actual answer is travis kelsey um Mm -hmm. it's the answer we all know mvs got a three-year 30 million dollar contract and juju i think with incentives is basically one year for 10 million yeah um i think it will immediately be juju um Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's Travis Kelsey, but I think for wide receiver, my bet is on Juju, but I think MVS is more likely to be a better value in drafts because I don't yeah. think it's going to be a huge difference. And I yeah. think it's the same thing we talked about earlier with. Yeah. Yeah. Jamar Chase. And I just like the very light version of that. Yeah. And I think with MVS, you might get a couple more games out of him that you might Juju. I, I don't know that he's going to be wide receiver one in like if you come down to the end of the season and you're doing the stats but the one i'm looking to have is mbs for sure um okay now we have two eagles questions that are mainly going to be directed towards you we've talked about Devonte smith a lot the last two weeks um and i know your answer on this question but explain it to us because brendan white 93 asks is Devonte smith now a borderline wide receiver three or will he and aj brown split targets and production so I'm going to throw in the next question with this. Do you think the Eagles will yeah. pass more this season? If so, how much more? And that was at Hissler 420. Um, because I think these two are hand in hand. Yeah. I think the Eagles are going to pass more. I think they want to pass more. Um, because the Eagles as a franchise, that's what they want to do. That's what Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, wants to do. That's what Harry Roseman, the GM, wants to do. I think that's what Nick Sirianni, the head coach, wants to do. Um, they did all. They passed so much last season mm-hmm. until around week seven when Shane Steichen took over play calling. Shane Steichen is now still the play caller, but it's still Nick Sirianni's offense. If Jalen Hurts really actually shows improvement as a passer, they will pass more. And they added a true wide receiver one in A.J. Brown. When I say wide receiver one, I mean from an NFL perspective. From a fantasy perspective, I don't think either him or Devontae Smith will finish as a wide receiver one. I think they'll probably finish in the wide receiver two category, maybe both of them. Maybe one of them is like, you know, early wide receiver three, like high wide, is low wide receiver three, high wide receiver three, the good side of wide receiver three, um, trending toward a wide receiver two. Um, I do think that they will split targets. I think that even if they only pass as much as they did last season, 
that games will just be split between those two and Dallas Goddard with the occasional Quez Watkins, you know, maybe big game here or there. Um, but if they pass more and if Jalen Hurts really sees the improvement that we think or hope that he's going to give, then I think you can realistically see solid seasons out of both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith because at the end of the day, like, I think that they're mo- one of the most talented wide receiver tandems in the league. So hopefully that can account for something. Yeah, I completely agree. I I don't see Devontae Smith losing a whole bunch of numbers and production. I think that offense is going to be very specifically designed for what they have there rather than kind of just throwing regular road plays. I think they're going to make a huge investment in, you know, specially curating plays that will be able to. And just the two of them together is so... Yep. Oh, like the idea of it is incredible. I, oh, tell me about it. Oh my God. I mean, it's not incredible on the weeks that we play each other, but every other week. It's for me. I'm a Devontae Smith. I'm a huge fan. So that answers that. This one, uh, the next one, I don't have a lot of information yet. I know you and I have talked about, you know, doing a, a podcast specifically about, you know, like philosophies and you know run past this upcoming season we'll get a little bit into it here it says what do we know about the saints head coach offensive coordinator philosophy pass versus run heavy etc winston's pas were limited last year which caps the upside of the receivers and how many that offense can support for fantasy he's also coming off injury do you have concerns or thoughts yeah i mean i have concerns across the board for that offense i think the yeah. saints think that they're a lot closer to winning a super bowl than they actually it's are so i think it's they're so morons weird. first of all for trading yeah. what they did to get chris olave yeah it's bizarre um yeah. and i like chris olave but i still think it's bizarre um overall like uh, no i don't think we really know what they're gonna do because even if it was a guy who was under sean payton that doesn't mean that this is gonna look at all like sean payton's offense because sean payton is sean payton sean payton is a really good head coach probably a hall of famer um and i think he was really good at game planning around his good players and i think that's why last year's offense looked the way it did because their wide receivers were terrible Mm -hmm. and they had no one so i think that's exactly why they did what they did last season um so I don't really know what to expect. And I think it's because of that, that I'm not, you know, the only guy that has really requires a large investment in fantasy drafts is Alvin Kamara. And I won't be drafting him. Michael Thomas, we've seen him do incredible things and he's, he's not free, but he's not expensive in drafts. So I'm more likely to draft him. I think Jarvis will probably have more of an impact than we're expecting. And he's basically free. Um, And I think Chris Olava is a talented player that, could break out later in the season uh, once he gets his feet under him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not confident enough to say that I know what they're going to look like, but I know that it's not an offense that I'm excited to get pieces of anymore. Yeah. You know, two years ago, that was very different. I completely agree. And I think part of the reason that it's, it's, this is going to be one of the hardest offenses to decipher before the season starts because you have, Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator who is his in his 17th year with the Saints. You have Dennis Allen, who's been with a the great Saints. Great defensive coordinator. Great defensive coordinator, but I have no idea how that offense is going to be ran because it's in the system that was just under Sean Payton's cloud, and I, we don't know what that system really is without Sean Payton. Um, so I think that this offense is really going to be the hardest one to decipher. And I think that's just my biggest concern is that I don't have anywhere to look 
for previous work as offensive coordinator or previous, you know, within other organizations and stuff like that, that, that turns me off a little bit to the idea of, you know, investing heavily into that offense. But like you said, there's a couple of pieces you can get for really cheap that I wouldn't mind picking up, but I am not, not heavily investing into this offense just because there's so much up in the air. And last but not least, uh, that was from at need more for mind. The number and last four. but not least, a uh, question from at Ronnie Eastham, East Ham, Eastham. Eastham, Eastham. Who steps up in Green Bay and become Rogers' number one target? Who do you have? Eef. This one trips me up. I, I don't think he's going to be the number one. I do think Sammy Watkins is going to do a lot better than he has in the past. Um, I'm torn That's not between. What the question was, I know, I know, but I just have to shout out Sammy Watkins because I'm. I'm just doing it. Um, yeah, probably Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb. Those are kind of the two that stand out to me. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, any one of them can. I'm going to say Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's true. I, I was honestly really only looking at receivers there. So you're right. The question so, says target. I know, I know. But I, I, you read the question that time. So that makes perfect sense. Oh, so you just don't listen to me when I talk. I was listening, but I was also looking at the depth chart. So. Oh, okay. So you were just listening, but not really. Yeah, like half listening, basically. Yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. That's totally professional. Exactly. <laughs> Either way, I think you're definitely right. If it's not just wide receivers, um, Aaron Jones for sure. But if it's wide receivers, it's one of those two, I think. What do you think for just receivers? Sammy Watkins. Really? Yep. I want As, like, some the chaos. Full, full... I want some chaos. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like week yep. one, Sammy Watkins becoming wide receiver one, Sammy Watkins. I want it. I want <laughs> it. So insane. So insane. Especially for like what they did to get him. Crazy. Crazy. Either way. I want it. That would be so fun. I'm in for that. I'm down for the chaos. I think that's like our brand here. It's definitely it definitely feels like it should be the brand of the Packers honestly right. at this point like if it's not if you're not gonna have Devontae Adams anymore it might as well be Sammy Watkins at this point yeah did you see that Aaron Rodgers is dating a witch yeah he's dating a real witch well she says she's not a witch but everyone who knows yeah. her says she's a witch so. that dude that dude's crazy man he he's losing is. it I don't know what happened but he's losing it I don't know the man bun scares me yeah me too did you see it in the match it was like really alarming i don't like it either way that's the end of our questions um from our q a thank you to everyone who participated i really like this look with the mic off the hook and in the hand like you're doing like sit down comedy thanks you're welcome um thank you to everyone who gave us a question who entered to get the scott fishbowl spot we did give that away still Scott Fish is still sending out invites for Scott Fishbowl. So make sure you're signed up and, you know, open to playing in the satellite divisions as well, because that's how a lot of people move on to real Scott Fishbowl. Either way, Duncan, anything to add before we sign off? <laughs> Perfect. Just a sneeze. <laughs> it was really good timing. That was really good timing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, I'm in the Wakanda division. So oh, we will not be having a live draft. Because unfortunately, Wakanda is not a real place. Uh, but we are talking about possibly donating some money in honor of Chadwick Boseman. That. So that makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. um, so Wakanda forever. That's what I have to add. Yeah. I don't know where I am yet because I might do a live draft. I might not do a live draft. So I don't know yet. I'll let you know when that happens. It must um, suck to be wanted. 
yeah well like we talked about it it's going to boston i did and they also don't know who's going to be picked like there's like 60 people 65 people not everyone gets picked they're only doing like two divisions or something i don't know right i guess we'll find out okay stay tuned. there's no philadelphia live draft so i don't know i know it's sad but i tried i campaigned yeah either way thanks for putting up with the chaos today we both had a lot of noise in the background at least you're our audio producer so woo yay you could deal with that um thank you for tuning in today thank you for everyone who participated um we will see you probably next week i know it's off season we you said last week we've been a little bit here and there with it but we hope to see you next week if not you can listen to any of our episodes on anywhere that you listen except to your the podcasts, thanksgiving episode except the thanksgiving episode that we'll release like 10 years from now just so you can if we're still doing this podcast it. 10 years from now could you imagine no <laughs> i really hope at least one of us is doing better things yeah like probably you no you i, I sent you all those things from the nfl that you should go do either way this feels like we already turned it off but we didn't anyway signing off yeah i know this is a bad sign off (laughs) signing off we will see you hopefully next wednesday have a great day oh wait i wasn't i wasn't ready you weren't ready okay we'll try that one more time normally you're like where can we find you that's well i did and all you said was the wakanda division no you said do you have anything to add you I said, said you do have... we have anything to add? Where can we find you? And then you no, said, in you the Wakanda division, swear me. to God I did. No, because I, I was twice. ready to say at my cousin's house. Twice. I said it twice. It might have been like we were talking at the same time, but I said it twice. You can find me at my cousin's house and on Twitter <laughs> at MPDuncan75. You can find her on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's and Ashley. Uh, thank you. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you later.